I am John. I'm Arvin. And this is behind the scenes of Best Days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Best Days is kind of like the yeah. Ventry mantra. Yeah. And it's um, written in the lobby of the new building everywhere. And yeah. it's our, not, our best days are right in front of us. So it's That's like right. a faith statement. But we also are like, we don't want to get too caught up in the future. Yeah. The whole Kung Fu Panda thing <laughs> of like, you know, the present is a gift. Yeah. The play on words. Yeah. So anyways, uh, me and Arvin were talking. We were like, OK, we should actually do a podcast based on the behind the scenes of the ethos of victory. Yeah. Behind the scenes of the best days. Right. Uh, you know, best days is kind of like what people hear, see. Um, we see highlights of people's best days. But it's yeah. like, what are the behind the scenes? Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Anyway, so I'm John. I'm Arvin. And uh, I'm trying to capture. We These are our actual desks. Like, we genuinely sit I here know. And we're in John's office where I have pulled up a nice little metal contraption. And we we talk here every morning. And Absolutely. And you know what? We actually, yeah. we face each other. And w there's times where we're like on our laptops and there will be no noise. Just <laughs> silence. And we're literally just looking yeah. at each other into each other's eyes. <laughs> it, yeah. And we just make and eye contact. And then sometimes we like look away <laughs> to the corner of the ceiling tile to be like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like a John Cusack movie. Yeah. No, but, we. Yeah, I'm just. I was sitting here, and every time we have these conversations, we're like, "Man, I feel so fired up by that. I feel so inspired by that. I feel so whatever." And I thought, this is the stuff about victory and what it's like to be plugged in here that I wish people could be a part of and could Absolutely. observe, yeah. which explains these microphones in our faces now but <laughs> these uh, ice cream cones yeah. <laughs> um yeah. uh growing up you know i i i serve as the creative pastor at victory and arvin is basically over production administrator and he also writes with me we do uh major big rock events whether it's our easter production christmas production yeah. victory conference and so we do a short film in October yeah. and he is a co-producer with me. So from songs to music to all the types of things, even hosting events. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah we've and done so that. like we have seen cringy, different, awkward type of things. And we love it. Yeah. Like <laughs> even looking at these microphones growing up, my mom was over the worship of victory and victory is now this year, 2021 is its 40 year, year anniversary. So we deal. thought, why not? We should yeah. talk about it. Absolutely. Right. The yeah. BTS yeah, 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 of, yeah. of the best days. Yeah. So, but my mom would lead worship with the wire mics and the mic covers were all different shades of puke, yellow, <laughs> orange, green. Like, I don't know who chose the Pantones, Yeah. but <laughs> any millennial would be so upset yeah. and it would not work with their it's aesthetic. It's not aesthetically pleasing at Yeah. All. So anyways, I totally interrupted you. No, friend. no, no. You're good. Go, I was Arvin. thinking about it this morning. Um, like, who are we trying to capture here? And I have to tell you the story. I go into the gym this morning and for some reason, some days I go in there and I'm like, oh, this is going to be it. I'm like ready to go. Champ. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, other days, like today, I get in there and I'm kind of, as I'm, I run first, as I'm running, I'm like observing people around me and I'm imagining what they're going to think. And I'm worried about, oh, I, I'm projecting onto them any insecurity I have about being at the gym. And I'm feeling like, oh, I bet this guy is thinking this and this person is this and all of these wonderful people around me. And then I'm like, I get to the part of the lift where I'm, I'm, I'm benching and this isn't going to turn into a conversation about a bench. Yeah, I promise. Yeah, this it's is not. our strength no, and conditioning <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. So. No, I would not be on that podcast. But 
I benched more than I ever have before. And then I get, I put the weight back. I look up and all of a sudden everybody in the room is my best friend. And my perspective shifted completely. Now what, the, what, did, what does that even mean? Like, what did you learn from well, that? Well, I'm looking around and going, wait a second. I've been going to this place for years. I've been at the gym consistently for years. But what it tells me is you can consistently be going somewhere and making conclusions and determining uh, how other people are thinking yeah. based off of how well you think you're doing. And so I thought, well, there are people who are walking into victory and maybe they've been at Victory for years. Maybe they've watched online for years. Very and true. based on how they feel they're doing in life, they're going to make decisions about how Victory is doing to them. And oh, that wow. struck me as a deep, big deal. Deep, deep, Because we've both been church kids for since we were born. And so we've seen the good, bad, and ugly. In fact, I've heard this saying. If you can, because we also teach in our Bible college here. Yeah. And it's unique. We've talked about this, how there are certain people that are like, they see certain aspects of ministry, uh, preaching, um, yeah. you know, really hype worship services. Yeah. They don't see the fire tunnels that happen on. And if you don't know what a fire tunnel is, it's literally <laughs> where a- uh, it's literally where like <clears throat> at a prayer meeting, people stand kind of like in a we <laughs> are proud of you say we are proud of you. They stand in like a, a tunnel yeah. and they pray over you and you walk through it. It's called a fire tunnel. When was the last so, time you went through a fire? Oh, tunnel? Legit. My mom, whenever she would do her prayer meetings when I was little, I would go there yeah. and I would eat kicks the cereal. K I X. Anyone yeah. who is over the age of 30 knows what kick cereal is. Um, and I would just walk through fire tunnels eating cereal. Yeah. The most bizarre thing that is so insane, yeah. but it, it, it was so natural to me. And so yeah. when people think of ministry, they think of like the glitz and the glam and like, yeah. oh, mega church. But it's like, I heard this saying, if you can see behind the curtains of ministry yeah. and still want to be there, yeah. then you're made for ministry. That's right. You know, yeah. because it's never what you see in the best days. Right. I believe that ministry is all about BTS behind the scenes. We read, we know about the story of David in the Bible. We talk about how he had to become king of the cave before he could become king of the palace. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so that's what most of ministry is, is the mm. cave. Yeah. Anyways, so... this, Yeah, I, I feel like this is the podcast from the caves because... Ooh, absolutely. Uh, the thing that I came in... So I was telling our co-producer, Caleb, about this before you came in. Like, I grew up watching you do this stuff the productions so and youth pastoring and all the stuff you here. were watching me from a which distance is very creepy. i was that old and song now that i'm together. too young to know the guy who sang it um, somebody <laughs> feels like i'm gonna watch it was, I, I messed i was observing and always aware of you and pastor paul and obviously the whole uh, church and then to be in this spot now where our desks are literally combined, and we're working together and we get to do this stuff together I had so many assumptions about what it was going to be like. Mm. And I think the thing I, I just wish that people who would listen or watch this would come away with the smell of what it's actually like to be. I want them to know what it smells like in here. And uh, it smells very good. I want yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> we are not into essential oils. We're into anointing oil. That's the only essential oil Every you actually morning, need. It's you yeah. That and like vitamin C packets. Another That's thing that you will also see is... 
Um, I drink from a gallon. Sometimes I refill it. Yeah. And um, I'll have the same plastic gallon for like two weeks, which I don't know if it's healthy. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it, yeah, it probably isn't. But it's yeah. like a, a habit that yeah. I have and it'll never go away. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyways, and we even talked to our pastors, Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley, which yeah. major snaps, major yeah. snaps. Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley. I can't snap as well. Oh my gosh. They are incredible leaders. Yeah. Um, and we get to be in behind like in the green room yeah whenever they give out marching orders in the midst of wild times yeah so this behind the scenes podcast you'll hit on like altar call etiquette yeah because you're like wait an altar call first off churches yeah. don't do altar calls anymore not many yeah no. not many because it's so COVID. it can get weird it can get weird i and i'll get into this but i've <laughs> defaulted accidentally because whenever i come up to like one of my friends i'm like what's up guy and i grab his shoulders <laughs> and and literally i zoned out and i ended up massaging a guy's shoulders at the altar and he just turns around and he goes what are you doing yeah. and i was like yikes i'm so sorry and i just slinked away i was like this is all a dream um <laughs> and so anyway so altar call etiquette <laughs> green room etiquette yeah okay green room so those of you who are listening and watching um you yeah. know victory being around 40 years we've had everyone yeah. from uh evander holyfield the guy that got his ear bit off by mike, by tyson, mike tyson reggie yeah. white which was a defensive end from green bay Packers. gary Busey. gary Busey. <laughs> my favorite. gary Busey. the was he the pitcher on rookie of the year <laughs> all i know of Ga yeah yeah let's say yeah yeah let's he say was yeah. okay gary Busey did a men's breakfast <laughs> and while he was talking was eating eggs while he was talking to like 400 men if you don't know who Gary Busey is, Google him, IMDb him. I think the last movie he came out with was uh, a Left Behind movie. I'm sure. Anyways, I'm sure. Um, Brian Houston, T.D. Jakes, all these different people are in the green The people room. that you're watching on YouTube and listening to their sermons. Stephen Furtick. Oh, the podcast. It's, so I'm, I didn't grow up in the green room, but I was aware that it existed. And so I was like, the f I remember the first time when I got on staff and... Um, you should know I used to do Pastor Paul's sermon slides. Yeah, so Arvin used to do all the slides. And so there would be times up. where Pastor Paul would send. So we have a Saturday night service at 5 mm -hmm. p.m. Pastor Paul would sometimes during the worship service send yeah. his sermon during the worship because yeah. Pastor Paul is really led by the Spirit. He's one of those people that is not like, hey, let's plan out sermons for 12 months. But that's what makes him yeah. so great because he's a worshiper. Yeah. He's a feeler. Um, and so, which totally has stressed me out until you just learn to accept it. Totally. But, um, pastor Paul would send his sermon notes yeah. and Arvin would be making slides and <laughs> yeah. kind of like you having to be like a fortune teller, like yeah. guessing. Yeah. Which is why it served really well to grow up here. Cause the longer you spend time around a person, you can kind of know, Oh, when they pause here, they're about to say something or when they do this, or I would learn to look at his eyes. And so, wow. but the, yeah. And like, I could tell when he was looking for the next verse. Um, but the thing about that was being in the green room right before, and some of my heroes are walking into the room and you're there to, 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 I'm just to basically pre-service prayer. Yeah. And, get and ready. to turn them into slides. Yeah. And yet, they know that yeah. you know who they are, right? But you know that they they yeah. don't know who you are. That's right. And you're like, and yeah. you're just breathing, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've been watching you for <laughs> my whole life. I have all of your books in my car. I have all of your books. <laughs> yes, and you're yeah. like, and I'm gonna help do your slides. And if yeah. you talked like that, they'd be like, get out of here. Like, do you have another guy? For yeah. Do you have another guy? Because yeah. this guy, he's all about watching people yeah. for a long time and then getting close to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and here it is. It's working. Here it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but I do. Uh, I want to ask you about yeah. um, something you said in in roles of a creative pastor one time. I want in you roles to of a creative pastor, it's our it? class that we teach at Victory College. Victory uh, College plug. It's an incredible place. Pastor Mark Kresge. Pastor Mark Cole Kresge. So if you want to grow, um, you know, in, anything. Yeah. You grow from preaching, <laughs> <to> farming, <laughs> farming, <laughs> agriculture. If you um, want to cultivate plants. No, true. <laughs> forgive me. Yeah. Go ahead. So anyways, but Victory College is a great place. It's a two-year school. They have School of Creative Arts, School of Ministry and Missions. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear plugs of that throughout this Best Days Behind the Scenes yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah. So we teach a class. We actually teach a class together. We do. It's called Roles of a Creative Pastor. Yeah. Um, all right. R-O-L-E-S. You're yeah. good. No, I wanted to... You said something in that class, and I want to have you unpack it, because I think it'll help slowly build m- more understanding for anyone who's like in Indiana watching online or in uh, Quebec or wherever, and they haven't been to main campus, I think the thing that would make them feel like they've been here is to hear you unpack the statement you made, which is heart of a shepherd, vision of a rancher. And I want to preface it because I have learned now after over a decade at Victory, but on staff for only a couple years, that because of the difference between pastor and creative pastor, there are different uh, day-to-day tasks, day-to-day uh, things that you have to accomplish, yeah. and then the ways that you operate are different. So he, I want to throw this out because I've been developing this theory for a while. I don't know if I've said th- I've said parts okay. of it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> What's the theory? I think because of the nature of Pastor Paul's output on YouTube, he's on YouTube. His uh, Learning to Lead podcast, social, yeah, learning. He's to on lead. social media places and uh, all those sites, and he's preaching a sermon every single week, sometimes twice a week, because he'll do a yeah, Wednesday night. Yeah, he'll do Wednesday nights, so he'll and do, then he'll travel. Yeah, and, speak. and preach and do that yeah. too. And then he's also a father and a husband and all these things. So I've learned that Pastor Paul is like a really good tweet. Where a really good tweet, short okay, and down. sweet. Where, uh, uh, like, think of the best tweets, not the worst ones. The best tweets, yeah. The best, yeah, the best tweets are the kind. Best days, best tweets. Um, the best tweets are the kind that uh, they're very succinct and they leave you with something to think about, and they're memorable. And that, to me, is like Pastor Paul's sermons. So, mm. Pastor Paul is a really good tweet. Pastor John is a really good painting. The creative pastor that we have is a... So, because there have been times that we've had conversations, and I think in the same way, which I think is why we get along so well, um, you look at a painting, it's not going to tell you what to observe about it. It's going to go from... You're going to observe... Uh, one side of it, if it's a painting of uh, two people looking at each other, you're going to observe each person, then you're going to look at the colors, the the choice mm. of brush strokes. You'll jump from topic to topic to topic to topic. But if I have learned, if I zoom out and I observe the painting, I'm actually capturing what's really going on. Wow. So it, it may or may not take longer. That actually has to do with the person observing. But uh, if you're an art history person, you know, you can look at some uh, paintings and instantly tell who the painter was. And so I have learned that about our creative pastor, that you're a painting where Pastor Paul is a really good tweet or a really good post. So in light of that, you have said before to the class and to other people in explaining what you do, the heart of a shepherd, but vision of a rancher. Mm. Will you tell us more about it? Yeah. And before I get into that, 
the one thing that that I think you said is, and it's it also some people think a creative pastor is like, oh, you sit down and you dream up of things yeah. on a beanbag. Yeah. And I don't know why I said beanbag. <laughs> no, <laughs> bean it's bag true. Chair. But it's like sometimes that's the thought. Um, at least here at Victory, um, you know, we we'll put in 50, sometimes 60 uh, d- hours a week during projects, sure. 80 hours a week. Sure. Um, because we have different projects from graphics to website to uh, print yeah. to the social media content capturing and posting. Yeah. So um, all of that is underneath all of the entities create, because yeah. Victory has a camp, a dream center. Yeah. We have multiple campuses, a local church. We have a school and a college. Yeah. And so it's different. Most churches, they have churches or they have campuses. Sure. But Victory is one of the only ones that I'm aware of that has a school yeah. uh, pre-K through 12th. Yeah. And there's 915 students. Amazing. Um, a Victory College that has like 275 students. Amazing. And then you have a camp, which is about 35 miles away. Yeah. You have a dream center, which is an outreach center in North Tulsa, a low-income uh, you know, area that is, that was started by victory. And Mm -hmm. then we have our church with campuses. Yeah. So it's kind of a lot. Um, and, um, I love it how you psychoanalyzed me, um, (laughs) as a, as a painting, but I think, um, you know, I was actually talking to our Tulsa Dream Center pastor, Pastor AJ, about this yesterday. I was like, man, sometimes I feel like people say no to some of the things that I'm pitching mm. because I don't know how to pitch. And AJ, he was like, bro, they're not saying no to you. They're yeah. saying no to your pitch. Yeah. And anyone out there that you've ever tried to pitch a big idea or something yeah. is that sometimes we connect our identity to what we're pitching, like this thing that we've created. And right. and, and, th- and this is where you have to know that um, you don't have to do more to be more. Yeah that you should be more and from that will come you doing yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, what, and all I say all that to say is that your identity should never be based in what you do or what you So create. have you done that before? Absolutely. I've gotten in knockdown drag out fights with my brother. Wow. And if Pastor Paul ever watches this, I pa- first off, Pastor Paul is my younger brother. Yeah. He is my boss and yeah. my pastor. Yeah. Um, which is such a unique dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is someone who is an artist. He is creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not done the best job in pitching certain things. And so I become really defensive sure. because I've attached my identity sometimes yeah. to things that I've created, whether it be a film or, or something. And so I get really mm. defensive and I blow up. And Pastor Paul is literally just asking questions. And I'm yeah. like, you don't get it. You don't understand, <laughs> man. You know, and then yeah. I, but. I have, I decided whenever, after my dad passed and my mom took over as pastor and and then it was like, Hey, your younger brother's probably going to be the next guy. I was like, thank God, because I don't think I could. But right then I was like, I went to my brother and I was like, bro, you're my pastor. You're my boss. Like I submit to you. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing about a creative pastor is submitting to your lead um, and learning how to lead in second. Yeah. Because learning how to lead in second is not easy because everyone is about like climbing to the top. Sure. But I, I, this is what I honestly believe is that if you're faithful with someone else's vision, mm-hmm. God will meet your needs mm-hmm. according to his mercy and grace mm-hmm. and your vision will be accomplished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you never waste time serving someone else's vision when wow. most people yeah. are like, ah, I just like, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to serve the man. Well, it's yeah. not about serving the man. It's about serving the hand of God that's on the man. Right. And the hand of God is on Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley. So Absolutely, it's like, okay, yeah. we're, we're going to serve. So yeah. yeah, we get in arguments all the time. As far as behind the scenes of the best days, sometimes the best days, there'll be yelling, <laughs> crying, yeah. 
uh, tears and snot. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't understand me. And he's like, <laughs> I'm I picturing don't. them all at once. No, <laughs> literally. And it's like, I get emotional. Yeah. And Pastor Paul is always super calm. Totally. You yeah. know, because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, it'll blow over. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not saying he he's says like that. pulling out Kleenex. Yeah, he's like yeah. pulling out Kleenex and he's like, OK, yeah. all right. Yeah. So anyways, I love my brother. I love I love well, my pastor. If but I can provide some perspective on that, because like I said, I grew up watching you and your productions and everything that you've done here. And from my perspective outside, and I think most people that are listening or watching would share this, we see you as this creative entity that is constantly coming up with amazing stuff mm. and uh, showcasing your gifts and talents. But <clears throat> what's interesting is that you're saying behind the scenes, you're submitting to your leader. So yeah, I would yeah. think as I like pursued being in the creative world and trying to make films and whatever, um, I thought you had to take the approach of, I won't name anyone, but you just have to be kind of rude and really believe in your vision and, and, and totally discount anyone else's thoughts. And you think that that's where your creativity is going to like really grow when I'm learning now from what you're saying, it's actually submission to your leadership and authority is actually the container where your creativity can really be packaged correctly. Because we do two or three productions a year. We every week are doing dozens of social media posts and you have a hand in all of them. And then some of them you're carrying constantly, especially those mm. weeks of the, you know, the last show we did, Les Magnificat at Christmas. You were you wrote it, produced it. Uh, you were a part of set design, wardrobe. And then uh, are you enjoying this? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, like oh, boy. OK, but you did it and then you acted in it. Yeah. And you were not a small part in the actual production. And then we had eight shows in a row in like six days. So yeah, it was insane to say all that. I'm saying this to point out to listeners, to myself and maybe even remind you. It's incredible to me that in an era where people are eager to I'm just going to buy into myself, rise and grind. This is what I do. And that's good for anyone who thinks that right, way. Right, absolutely. Sure, it's absolutely. good that you believe in yourself. I'm not saying you should be uh, self-deprecating, but you've identified believing in yourself with refusing to believe in anybody else. They're not mm. the same. You don't have to be that way. You can go, in fact, I think the safest place for my calling and the safest place for my anointing on whatever God has for my life to be cultivated currently is under... Pastor Paul, Pastor Ashley, and this is where uh, we've seen some amazing stuff happen because these productions aren't just shows. They're ministry tools as well where we're getting reports constantly of people who have seen them or watched them later on down the line, not knowing when they even came out mm. and uh, being impacted by them. So there's not really a question there. I think I just wanted to touch on that and make sure well, that people heard the distinction there because I think... Most people would assume success is uh, aligned with cultivating your ego well enough and you just have to find that lane, not realizing that you actually have to get behind someone else in their lane and help push them forward yeah. and that will actually speed you up as well. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, and this is, I, I think you have to, if those who are listening or, or watching, I think you really have to go back to what are you, 
like where and what are you called to? Right. Uh, for me, I made a decision. So it's like, once I make a decision, it's like, well, that's it. Mm -hmm. So regardless how I feel, it doesn't really, I don't really have, yeah, I may feel hurt. I may feel upset. I, I've actually turned in my resignation papers twice to my brother. Wow. Oh yeah. Behind the scenes of best days. I've turned in my resignation papers because I just got so frustrated. And then I was like, wait a second. Like, what do I have control of? Yeah. Okay. I have control of me and my response and what I want to do in life. I believe the hand of God is on, is on the house. Yeah. And when God anoints the house and he anoints um, and we're going to get back to that, to that yeah, part, yeah, the yeah. heart of a shepherd and vision. Of as the soon rancher. as this guy is done mowing the yeah, lawn outside. We, there's a guy outside our window <laughs> who is mowing the yard yeah. and it's January. It is. Um, yeah. So he I don't know what he's mowing. mowing. I don't Maybe leaf blowing. Him. I'm not sure. I'm sorry to all the leaf blowers. Yeah. The yeah. Leaf blowers yeah. union. But it sounds like a Hemi engine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, anyways. So um, I think it comes back to, you know, John Maxwell just recently came to victory and yeah. he said, um, your career is what you're paid for. Your calling is what you're made for. Yeah. And so I have seen people chase pay and then I've seen them never be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, them have a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Them even be high achievers. Sure. In fact, um, and I know this is, I know this is a, a, a deal with females, but I know with males, mm. most there is this thing within the Enneagram specter, a three, which is an achiever kind yeah. of. Um, and it's funny how many men are threes. Yeah. And so they have this achievement mentality and it's like, they feel like, well, with my career, I can do all these things and finally feel happy, fulfilled, sleep at night, wake up excited. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, oh man, that's actually your calling that does that. Right. It's something that you would do for free. Like right. if no one ever paid you. Yeah. And so I feel called to serve my brother. Mm -hmm. I feel called to serve my sister-in-law, Ashley. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, you know, I, I often talk about this in the beginnings of roles of a creative pastor. Do you know who the first creative pastor was? Mm. The very first creative pastor was Lucifer. Yeah. Lucifer was the very first creative pastor. Um, he was God's greatest creation mm -hmm. before the earth was formed. Yeah. It, it, God created him. And from Ezekiel 37, God created Lucifer and Lucifer was mad talented. I mean, I'm talking about on LinkedIn. Everyone was like, <laughs> we got to hire Lucifer. <laughs> Lucifer's Instagram was blowing up with DMs yeah. like, bro, you are creating some dope stuff, man. Yeah. And Lucifer was like, ah, you know. I guess that's just who I am, yeah. you know, and he was, as Lucifer was on the front row of church up mm. in heaven, reading his tweets, mm -hmm. listening to uh, God's son preach, which yeah. I think was Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as Jesus is preaching, devil is looking at his Twitter, yeah. uh, Lucifer, and he's like, man, I definitely have more than this guy. Right. And um, I just got done leading worship. In fact, I believe that's why... It, within church splits, it starts between the worship pastor and the yeah. pastor because from day one, Lucifer was the worship pastor. Yeah. He was the creative pastor. Yeah. So it's so funny that we have repeated that for thousands of years. Yeah. yeah. And it's like no one has ever looked back to the beginning to be like, oh, Lucifer was the first creative pastor. He was the worship guy and yeah. he had a split with the head pastor. Yeah. The head pastor was like, well, I'm going to do creation and your pride actually is going to get you ca cast down. Mm -hmm. And so. After that, I kind of learned from the first creative pastor, like, okay, regardless how talented you are, there's a scripture that says um, that um, 
I believe it's in Proverbs, and it says, uh, a man skilled in his work will serve before kings, mm. serve before great men. Mm -hmm. And everyone really hypes up that scripture, like, that's right, my skill, I'm going to be before kings. Right. And I'm like, well, the key word in that scripture is serve. serve. Yeah. Yikes, which means forever, yeah. regardless how rich, how talented, how incredible you are, you will yeah. always serve someone. Right. So if you don't learn how to serve at a low level, yeah. then you'll always be too too small to lead. Yeah. Pastor Paul says, if you are too big to serve, you're too, too small, small to lead. lead. Yeah. And uh, that's one of my favorite quotes. But anyway, so that's a lesson. Um, as far as like with a creative pastor, yeah. I think that... Um, you know, behind the scenes of best days, whenever we do these storytelling events, this is what I've realized is that my heart goes to the people who are who have not committed to Jesus yet, mm -hmm. or people that have committed to Jesus, yeah. maybe have a wrong picture of him mm. and so are not like living fully surrendered. I'm not saying I'm living fully surrendered. Mm. I'm, I'm just trying. saying yeah. I get convicted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, like I said, John Maxwell was just previously here and he said this. He said, if you have the wrong picture of God you will always have a bad view of him. Hmm. So as a creative pastor, our job is to give people the right picture of God, wow. a God that's loving, a God that sees it, your best, yeah. a God that's calling you out, that he loves you so much that you can't stay the way you are, mm -hmm. that you have to continue to grow, you have to continue to learn. And so whenever I look at the saying, the heart of a shepherd and the vision of a rancher, I actually thought of the two scriptures the scripture it talks about how Jesus is our good shepherd mm -hmm. but then it says that our father God he owns the cattle on a thousand hills yeah and if you're a southern baptist preacher you'll be like and the oil underneath it ha! <laughs> um <laughs> shout out to the southern baptist, baptist. preachers southern baps <clears throat> so yeah. anyways this in the comments <laughs> yeah yeah oh man i can't there, wait there. I hope Can't so. wait. I sure hope so. Yeah. I and sure if you so. have a problem with us, please comment because I love it when people we are hate good on at us. It. We are good at that. Yeah. And, we'll, and we will <laughs> we do a BTS you. of best days about yeah. how to respond to hateful messages on social media. We've gotten so much practice. Because we have had so much practice of that. Yeah. So anyways, that'll be fun and juicy. Um, <laughs> a lot so, to look forward to. Yeah. A lot to look forward to. But um, Arvin, as we were going in our class, yeah. I was thinking about... Um, you know, as a creative pastor or as a leader, the heart of a shepherd is someone who tends to the flock. You correct them, you rescue them, you know their name, yeah. you have numbered them. And we know the parable of the shepherd who goes after the lost sheep and goes and rescues the lost sheep, cares right. for the individual. Right. But I believe that God has called us with the acts, you know, with the, um, in the book of Acts, he was mm. like, okay, like let's multiply ourselves. Yeah. And at the end of our life, um, uh, John Bevere spoke a sermon on this. At the end of our life, I always thought that when we got to heaven, Peter would like, St. Peter would open up this book and he'd be like, these are all the bad things you've done, but God forgave you. Welcome to heaven. <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> you know, drum yeah. roll. Yeah. But then I heard the sermon from John Bevere when he was speaking at Victory Conference and he said, it says that we will have to give an account for what we did with our gifts. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like this and it's a parable. A man was given five talents, a man was given three, and another man one. The man with five and three, they went out and multiplied. Yeah. The man with one hid it. And when the master came back, he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant, because you've multiplied what I've given you. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that they're literally called talents, which means mm -hmm. your giftings. So your gifting, some of you are very gifted. Mm -hmm. Some of you have three talents, three giftings. Some of you have one gift, but the guy with one gift who went and hid it, who did nothing with it, 
he rebuked him and threw him into the outer darkness, which Mm -hmm. sounds pretty harsh, but it showed me that at the end of our life, we are going to be judged according to what we did with what God gave us. Yeah. And so I have realized I have to have a vision of a rancher. Mm -hmm. Like Arvin is one of the most gifted writers. And for five years, I was writing the scripts and I was like, I need another writer. And as Arvin has written, he's very good with dialogue, a very great rapper, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, and you may hear Rap some of his Christmas rapping. Presence, no, uh, no, no, no. R-A-P. Yeah. Like rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll do a freestyle sometime. But anyways, <laughs> but Arvin is such a great writer. And one thing I realized is that like I can't be intimidated by talent. I have to recruit it. This is a big deal. Like if you're a leader and you're listening to this, yeah. like don't be intimidated by talent. It all depends on because you will hit the ceiling of yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you have a heart of a shepherd, you care for your people. But mm-hmm. if you have a vision of a rancher, you care for your impact. Mm-hmm. And the vision of the rancher cares for its impact so much that it's like we have to multiply what we have. And the only way to multiply what you have is to go out and recruit the best. Go out into the highways and byways and not just invite people in mm-hmm. the broken, but invite the talented, sure. the gifted and be like, you know what? I know your gift can be used to reach people. And, you know, like there was times where within, uh, like right now we're in pre-production for Easter and we have seen our team begin to grow. Mm. Um, Even the guy who's filming this and recording this, Caleb Taranzo, made an excellent film for our Christmas Eve service. And he was like, hey, I really feel like I need to get like, he, he does our stories for victory each week, which yeah. are powerful I mean, film so cinematic good. testimonies, yeah. him and Christian McPherson yeah. straight up crush it and kill it. Yeah. But they're like, Hey, we, we want more. Yeah. Now it could be very easy for me to be like, well, n- no, I, I do the film stuff. Sure. But after talking with Zach Bernatsky, who's uh, our creative director over the U, which is our creative department, other things, he's like, I think they're ready for it. Yeah. And they did it, and they did so good. And I'm so excited for what they're going to be doing in the future. But you can't be intimidated by talent. So the yeah. vision of a rancher is looking to multiply the gifts that God has placed on the inside of them. Yeah. So that is the heart of a shepherd yeah. and the vision of a rancher. That's a huge deal. I feel like I was listening to Carrie uh, Newhoff was interviewing Rob Palinka who I didn't know that okay, name. So, so break he's down the, who Rob Palinka is. He's the for all general of manager of the Los Angeles Lakers, was Kobe Bryant's agent for a long Whoa. time. I didn't know he was a man of the faith, but he was talking about his experiences with Kobe and like looking at great white sharks and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> just things that they've learned. Wild. And, and uh, he was pointing out, Kerry gave him a great question and was like, okay, so you were Kobe's agent. You became the general manager of the Lakers. Yeah. And then you signed LeBron James to the Lakers. Wow. So how do you manage these world-class athletes and these huge talents? And his response, obviously, it's like a really long interview, but basically what it boiled down to was, I'm not intimidated by them. Wow. I'm so so I think when I heard you say, like, I want talented people around me, you have to have a security about yourself and who God has called you to be to Mm. be able to have talented, gifted people around you because you also have to understand 
when you said go out to the highways and byways and bring the broken and then also find the talented, more often than not, they're the same person. Ooh, and so, break that down, boy. <laughs> okay, so so, uh, so more yeah. often than not, the broken people they're, are the talented, talented people, people are just as broken. broken. Okay, they wow, probably well, they've done a good job of weaving together a little thread of successes and giftedness and they go this is my skin now i have to dress in this all the time and if you find out uh that i am just as insecure and afraid and scared as anybody else i can't let you look away from my gifts i need you to just stare at them and the first thing that happens which is why a lot of uh creative gifted people Grow up in church and then bail because at some point God's going to ask you, hey, there are some wounds under that clothing you're wearing, that success clothing, and I actually have to like rip right through them. I can give you more. I can give you better success and I can weave better fabric of success to put on you, but I got to deal with this. And And so you yourself have to deal with that. And then be aware that every gifted and talented person that you're talking to probably has that stuff as well. Man, and I think right. that for so long, at least in my childhood, it seemed like uh, the worldly people, people in Hollywood, they're the gifted, creative, talented ones. Church people are good at knocking off what they've done and putting a Christian spin on it. Yeah, and it being kind of tacky. Super and- hokey. And, just, and that's been the reputation in the past. Nowadays, not so much because... More and more people, thanks to God, Praise are God. yeah, are figuring <laughs> out that the church is actually supposed to be the place where creativity Come is on. being fostered the most because it's not being abused. Oh, it's not being misused good. to c- distract you and convince you that like there's nothing broken over here. Just look at this. Just look at like the house is on fire, but we have a really nice TV. It's <laughs> yeah. not. You know what I mean? I think of any worldly person I know who's very, very gifted. And I know a lot of them that the house is on fire, but their TV is nice. And God is saying, let's just remodel. Like yeah. you have to kind of move this stuff around for a little bit all that to say i've thoroughly enjoyed this i think I that uh there's a lot more to draw out of the conversations we've been having and talk and about absolutely yeah and one thing that we want to leave you guys with is um those who are watching and viewing um you know how are we able to better serve you uh let us the, know. Yeah. yeah what are you oh wow like, that'd be awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> like behind the scenes of best days yeah produce so with if us. you've always had we would love for you to be our co-producers yeah so we would love for you to be like i've always wondered this about victory and it could be everything down to like worship set lists sure to um why we remove seats for the camera jib yeah um <laughs> yeah to even things of like how do you put on an event yeah um or behind the scenes of like sermon development yeah. um whatever it may be, or yeah. if you just have had questions uh, about anything with all the entities that we're doing, we are here to serve you. Yeah. And that's, we want that to be our main thing for sure is to kind of give you a glimpse behind the scenes of best days to, to let you know that we're here with you and you also have behind the scenes. Um, and we all do. Yeah. Everyone has a behind the scenes of their best days. That's right. That's right. So, Hey, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am John Doherty. I'm Arvin Sepper. And thank you for listening and tuning into Behind the Scenes of Our Best Days. <laughs>